0: Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
1: And it's a Friday morning, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, June 16, 2023. Hope you're having a great Friday. A big thank you to... Vanessa Denha Garmo for filling in for me yesterday working on a book project, I should say book study project, based on my new Rosie book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie. Kelly Walquist, the founders of Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, they're doing an actual beautiful study on that book coming up in the fall. And so Kelly and Alyssa Bormes, a fellow member of Wine, were in town, so we took advantage of that and were going around doing various videos that we're going to be running with the series that starts again in the fall. It's online. Please check it out, CatholicVineyard.com. You can go to my Facebook page as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have uh, some videos that are shot in various locations, including Italy and including here in the United States, but a lot of live events coming up as well. It's a six-week program. You can sign up for it, do it yourself, do it with a group, maybe your women's group, your Bible study group at your parish. But it comes with a beautiful, beautiful journal that was specifically designed to go with the Rosie book. So everything is coming up rosy, a journal and a study program through wine, and you can check that out at catholicvineyard.com. Coming up on the program today, it is going to be about Father's Day, in part at least, because I've got a special, instead of a fact-check Friday, I decided we'll wrap up the program, sorry I'm left-handed, I always go backward, uh, with a an ode to fathers, okay, including my own father, Michele Annunziato Scalacci, Uh, Just some memories from my dad and how he played such an important role in my life. My mom did as well. Obviously, I wrote a book about her, but so did my dad, big time. And I'll share just a few fun stories about growing up with him. And then also just talking about the importance of fathers in general. Unfortunately, fathers get a bad rap in the media, especially on sitcoms and whatnot over the years. And I think that's very unfair, and I think there's a lot of harm that's done by not portraying fathers as they should be in terms of involved in their children's lives, trying to make a difference. So we'll take a look at that. And then also we're going to have Steve Ray on with us. I sat down with him at the beginning of June, and we took a look at the history of the rainbow in Scripture and how it's being used, unfortunately, today to promote something that is very much, of course, against our faith. And we all know that tonight we have that situation going on, unfortunately, still on the schedule at Dodger Stadium for their Pride Night They're going to be honoring the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. That's a group of men dressed in drag, and they dress as nuns, and they mock the faith terribly. So our bishops are taking a very strong stance and encouraging all of us to please pray. You can go to the website, and there's also a story, and I mentioned this the other day on Wednesday. There's also a story on this on National Catholic Register's website, Catholic News Agency. You can just go also to usccb.org, the Bishop's Conference website. And you'll find their statement that was put out on June 12th, earlier this week, Catholics invited to pray an act of reparation on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's today. Catholic Christians traditionally recognize June as a month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. During this time, we call to mind Christ's love for us, which is visible in a special way in the image of his pierced heart, and we pray that our own hearts might be conformed to his, calling us to love and respect all of his people. This year, on June 16th, the day of the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a professional team has shockingly chosen to honor a group whose lewdness and vulgarity in mocking our Lord, his mother, and consecrated women cannot be overstated. This is not just offensive and painful to Christians, they say everywhere, but it is also blasphemy. So they are calling on Catholics to pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart today, offering the prayer as an act of reparation for the blasphemies against our Lord that we see in our culture today. And in the statement from the USCCB, they have a direct link to the Litany of the Sacred Heart, which are being asked again to say today, but you can just actually just Google it, and you have the Sacred Heart, you'll find it. And we also have links to it on our various sites as well. Right now, though, we need to get started with the news. It's a busy morning, and then we'll talk with Steve Ray about the rainbow, and then we'll also have a little dedication to fathers. Instead of Doug Keck as a day off, Happy Father's Day to him. Instead of Fact Check Friday, it'll be a Father's Day Friday. Here's what we're looking at across the country weather-wise today and this is a feast of the Sacred Heart and going into Father's Day weekend. Scattered strong to severe thunderstorms persisting along a boundary in the eastern Gulf Coast states and with a few systems in the Central Plains And the mid-Atlantic as well. And large hail and damaging winds are still the primary threats, with heavy to excessive rain possible from the central plains to the eastern Gulf and persistent heat continuing to build in the south-central part of the country. Right now, let's take a look at the news. Again, it is a Friday morning. It is June 16th, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. House Republicans are advancing legislation that would prevent veteran affairs facilities from performing abortions in most cases, block funds for sex change drugs, and establish religious freedom protections. According to the Catholic News Agency report posted today, the Republican-led House Appropriations Committee includes these provisions in a defense spending bill, which provides more than $317 billion in funding for the DOD. They were added through amendments proposed by Representative John Carter of Texas and approved on a party-line vote of 34 to 27. Some of those amendments, as CNA explains, are meant to circumvent new policies created by Veteran Affairs including the interim final rule that allows abortion in some cases and its decision to provide patients with hormone therapy and prosthetics to help facilitate sex changes. Jury deliberations are set to resume today in the Tree of Life Synagogue shooting trial. Robert Bowers is on trial for the deaths of 11 congregation members at the Pittsburgh Synagogue in 2018. The motive for the shooting was more the focus of Thursday's closing arguments rather than Bauer's guilt or innocence. Prosecutor Mary Hahn told jurors the defendant deliberately went to the synagogue when religious services were being held, and he shot and killed the victim simply because they were Jewish. Miguel Amaguar tells us we're learning the identities of two Americans found dead in a Mexican resort due to some very unusual circumstances.
2: The victim's family says after arriving at the upscale resort, they began to feel ill, went to the hospital suspecting food poisoning, but returned after they felt well. The next day, they were discovered inside their room.
1: They're now identified as residents of Newport Beach. Abby Lutz was 28, John Heathco 41. The Baja California Sur Police say the victims died this week of intoxication by an unknown substance. The Lutz family telling a local TV station on the West Coast they are shocked and saddened. Mexican officials gave the same initial cause of death when three other Americans died at a Mexico vacation apartment in October. Those deaths were eventually thought to be from gas inhalation. And Lisa Taylor tells us the Supreme Court could soon be ruling on two major cases as it heads into the final stretch of its current session. The high court heard arguments in February over two cases challenging President Biden's plan to forgive up to $20,000 in student loan debt for eligible U.S. borrowers. The justices could issue a ruling on the cases as soon as Friday. Meanwhile, the court may also rule on whether colleges can consider race in admissions decisions. The court in 1978 declared affirmative action as lawful and has since reaffirmed that holding. I'm Lisa Taylor. The Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified documents has now been indicted by a federal grand jury. Jack DeCera facing six counts of willful retention and transmission of classified information related to the national defense. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said he was entrusted by the U.S. government with access to sensitive information that could cause grave damage if shared. He accused him of violating U.S. law and endangering national security. Jack Cronin tells us Congressman Mike Levin says visa waivers are making it easier for gangs from Chile to rob people in the U.S., especially in Orange County, California.
2: Congressman Levin, who represents parts of San Diego and Orange Counties, has joined fellow O.C. Congressman Lou Correa in sending a letter to the Chilean ambassador. They say Chilean gangs are taking advantage of the visa waiver program that allows people to visit the U.S. for up to 90 days, and the gangs are using that time to carry out large-scale robberies. The Orange County District Attorney's Office says 14 people from Chile have been arrested for burglary tourism. and The congressmen are questioning if Chile should be allowed to use the visa waiver program moving forward. I'm Jack Cronin.
1: Texas Governor Greg Abbott has deployed state emergency resources following a tornado that devastated the town of Perryton, Texas, the storm ripping through that community in the Texas panhandle, leaving at least three dead and dozens hurt. The governor asking Texans to pray for those who were impacted by the storm. The tornado that hit the area was part of a larger storm system that spawned tornadoes in Texas and Oklahoma and left hail damage in several communities. Mark Mayfield tells us wildfire smoke is now once again blanketing the U.S. and the upper Midwest.
2: The wildfires in Canada have resulted in record levels of air contamination in Minnesota's Twin Cities, with the Air Quality Index reaching a level never seen since records have been kept. Forecasters say the smoke is heading east, with New York officials once again warning residents the smoke could hang around into Friday, but they do add it won't be as bad as last week.
1: And the chair of the Federal Reserve says inflation has moderated, but there's still a long way to go.
3: We understand the hardship that high inflation is causing, and we remain strongly committed to bringing inflation back down to our 2% goal.
1: Jerome Powell speaking about the Fed's decision to leave interest rates unchanged for the first time in more than a year. Most officials anticipating two more rate increases to come this year. The Fed had raised rates by a total of 5% since March of last year in an effort to battle rising inflation. Powell noting it will take time for the full effects of the raised rates to be felt. The Fed believes it will be able to lower rates by about a half a percent by the end of the next year if inflation comes down as it anticipates. And the average balance in a 401k plan is down almost $30,000 since 2021. A new report from Vanguard shows the 20% drop sitting under $113,000 in 2022 with one in three account holders having a balance of less than 10000 It said the drop could be due to market performance and an evolving participant base. The median account balance only dropped by 8% for those who had an account in both December of 2021 and December of last year. And Aaron Rael tells us Bud Light no longer the top-selling beer in the U.S., Bud Light sales have tanked since April when transgender
0: influencer Dylan Mulvaney posted an image on Instagram of a personalized Bud Light can that the brand sent her as a gift. A boycott ensued, and sales have yet to recover. Shares of Anheuser-Busch have declined about 15% since the beginning of April. Meanwhile, Modelo, sold in the U.S. by Constellation Brands, didn't rank among the top 10 beer brands in the U.S. in 2013 when Constellation bought it. It is now the top brand in California as well as in metropolitan areas like Chicago, Dallas, and Baltimore. It's also a top seller among Hispanic consumers and is growing in popularity among non-Hispanic consumers.
1: And finally, in our newscast this morning, on a Friday morning, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, California's Attorney General Rob Bonta says senior scams stole 84% more money across the country last year.
2: Call center fraud, investment scams, romance scams, identity theft, predatory lending, home improvement, and estate planning scams. The types of scams seem almost endless.
1: The Attorney General of California speaking this week saying there were 88,000 victims of elder fraud last year across the nation with scammers stealing nearly $3 billion. He says seniors are often embarrassed and don't report crimes, and he's asking folks to contact law enforcement. It's a Friday morning, more Catholic Connection coming up. We'll be right back.
3: More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. The Wine
2: Palace in Livonia is a proud sponsor of Ave Maria Radio. The Wine Palace is a family-owned business for over 60 years where customers come in for a great service. The 9,000-square-foot store includes a humidor, specialty wine room, and a rare and collectible spirits room. We have the largest selection of spirits in the state at the most competitive prices. Ask for one of the brothers, Cliff or Kelly, and thank them for their strong support of Catholic Radio. Delivery is available. Please visit the Wine Palace at I-96 in Middlebelt, or at winepalace.net.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Connection. I always appreciate the great insight of Steve Ray. This is the month of June, and we know in the Catholic Church we dedicate it to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But the world, and especially the United States of America, knows it as Pride Month, and the rainbow is everywhere. But the rainbow originates, of course, from Scripture. And Steve Ray is talking about the rainbow, giving us some background, and helping us keep our how do we want to call it, Steve, our sanity this month because there's so much craziness out there. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yes.
4: Good morning. I-, I just have to start by saying congratulations to your producer, Andrew, for 20 years of producing at Ave Maria Radio, and he's been a great friend to us, and he's always quiet and in the background, but he needs a pat on the back today. And congratulations for 20 year anniversary of working with Ave Maria. So, I
1: I, I agree. I second that motion. We put a big thing up on Facebook, <laughs> and he's getting that he's getting a ton of response. He's a Mr. Fancy Pants today. So yes, I totally oh, agree. I'm great. going to mention he it to again. Eat. At uh, he deserves he it, eat. right?
4: He certainly deserves it, yes. Now, this, this whole rainbow thing, it drives me nuts, and I know you're in Italy and you probably see a lot of it there. I, however, have seen less of it here around our house, and I wonder if it's not the backlash because of the L.A. Dodgers and Target and Anheuser-Busch, but I've seen less of it this year than I have in previous years, and I think that some people maybe are pulling back a little bit on it, but I know that's not the case everywhere. But it—it it is um, it's a sad thing that they – rainbow has, in a way, been co-opted or hijacked to stand for something, I couldn't think of anything being more diametrically opposed, the use of it now, as to what God intended it to be in the beginning. And um, it's, uh, you know, I heard somebody say, mothers get one day and fathers get one day, but the sexual deviant group gets a whole month.
1: Well, let's talk about the rainbow and the original uh, the case of the rainbow and what God meant by the rainbow, where it comes from.
4: Yeah, it, when you go to the scriptures and you look it up, you don't find the word rainbow. I mean, in English translations, it'll say rainbow, but in the Hebrew, it's just the word kaset, and it means a bow. And so it can refer to anything that's bowed like that, and it mainly in scripture refers to the like a bow and arrow. And so, it's in a way, what it was like, it's kind it of a double meaning here, is that it's beautiful and it's God's promise. But in ancient times, it was viewed as, when you look at it from the different gods and the Near Eastern notions of a warlike deity, that when the warlike deity uh, decides not to have war with people anymore, he hangs his bow up. So, like, say, a hunter goes out with his bow and arrow and he's hunting. And when he comes back, it's now going to be time of peace because he hangs his bow up. And some this ties in with old ancient times, and even it can be viewed as Scripture, too, as God is hanging his bow up, and he's not going to make war against mankind again. Because when mankind sinned in such egregious ways, God had to start over again. So he declared war, so to speak. And he, when it was over, though, he hung his bow in the clouds and he made a promise that he would never again uh, flood the earth. Didn't say he wouldn't ever judge the earth again, but by using a flood, that would not be happening again. So he hung his bow in the clouds in a way. But, but it means a rainbow or a bow and arrow, and that's kind of the, the biblical background for it. And um, it's interesting, when does it appear? After a storm. A storm is what caused the flood to begin with it was the rains that came down and it's when the rains that come down now there's the rainbow in the sky saying don't worry i'm not going to flood the earth again Mm
1: -hmm. let's talk about the background the rainbow takes on your saying and and in your notes that added significance as a departure from the near eastern notions of a warlike deity it's a symbol of divine right
4: yes and it's always been viewed as kind of a connector to the unseen world in a way the the Norsemen viewed it as a uh, way for a bridge to heaven so to speak and Japan they viewed it as a way a bridge for ancestors to ascend to the earth because you know Japan they have a great respect for the ancestors Navajo Indians it was a path for the spirits Greek mythology the personification of the rainbow linking the gods with humanity the Irish of course think there's a pot of gold at the other end and uh, we even hear the song Somewhere, the rainbow blue birds fly. Mm-hmm. So it's really been all through the cultures. It's been a connecting between heaven and earth, between the seen and the unseen worlds. And so it is this beautiful symbol that God has given us, that He has made a promise to us. But it's always been viewed by people as a, a kind of a spiritual thing, as a spiritual symbol as well. And even in the book of the Bible it's that way too, beyond just a promise not to cause a flood again, that's what it says in Ezekiel one twenty eight. Like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so is the appearance of the brightness around God's throne. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God that when I saw it I fell on my face. So Ezekiel, trying to explain the light around God's throne and the beauty of it all, what does he, what does he fall back on? It's, it's like the rainbow. because so That's just the most magnificent, stunning thing. And When I looked at it, I saw the rainbow around God's throne, and it made me want to fall down on my face. And also in Revelation, we have the same kind of imagery.
1: Now with Noah, though, as you mentioned, it's a visible sign of the covenant, a promise, right?
4: It is. It is. Noah saw the bow in the clouds. Now, we don't know. I just finished my book on Genesis. It's called Genesis, a Bible Study Guiding Commentary. It's 500 pages, and that's coming out this summer by Ignatius Press. And when I did this, I really enjoyed doing this section. We don't know whether the cloud, the rainbow was always there from the beginning, and it was just given a new significance, or whether it was something that God created at some point in time for Noah. I, I am of the opinion that the rainbow is always there, because there's this, we'll get into this a little more, there's scientific reasons for it. The precision of what happens to make a rainbow is really quite stunning, and I think that uh, it, it's worth talking about. But it, it's, um, I think it's always there, but God says, now whenever you see the bow in the sky, it means this. I think God gave, sometimes he could take things and give them new purpose and new meanings. I think that's what happened here.
1: Talking with Steve Ray, Catholic convert, author, speaker, and fearless pilgrimage leader about the rainbow and the original meaning for it, where it came from, what God meant to the rainbow to be used for, to be a reminder of. Okay, so in addition to Noah's flood, which I think most Christians would associate the rainbow with, what else can we look at in terms of historical situations when the rainbow was used as a symbol?
4: Well it's always been um used as a sign of new beginnings. It's because of the flood was over the waters were receding and the animals were coming off the ark and there there's this big bow in the cloud and it's a promise to Noah and it's like a uh, a new beginning. In fact the Jews the, the Jewish people refer to Noah as the second Adam because the Adam was given the earth to uh, populate it, to control it, he was like the regent, the vice-regent of God in charge of the earth and the animals. And when this sin came, all this got flooded and started over. Now Noah comes, and guess what? God tells him the same command, go out and multiply and sow the earth. He is the new Adam in the eyes of the Jews, and it's very... The good way of viewing it, because he now is starting humanity over again. And so the rainbow is a sign to Noah, it's a new beginning. I'm not going to do this ever again. It's a sign of hope and peace and reconciliation. Everything that the rainbow after the flood symbolized is all, and, and people have, like we said, picked up on this, and view it as a great symbol you you see it all over the place before it got co-opted by the l g b t movement. It was always used as a sign of reconciliation of peace of new beginnings of hope and and now it's unfortunately been co-opted and taken on a whole new meaning, and I have to say diametrically opposed now i now, one thing we would have to say about the the, the gay and LGBT agenda is they're, they're using the rainbow flag in a little bit of a different way, and they're seeing it, all the different colors, as meaning there's the diversity among us. So every kind of different um, lifestyle is okay. You look at all the different colors. You can be gay, lesbian, transsexual, whatever you want to be, it's all okay. Uh, because look at the, we use a rainbow, the diversity of colors. We're going to celebrate. That's what they're celebrating is, is that they're recognizing the diversity of all any kind of sexual thing you want to do. I guess it is. So they have, they're not using it the same way we did. They're using it as a symbol of the diversity, and that everything is okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Whatever you do is okay. Whatever I do is okay. Nobody can judge us because we have this wonderful diversity. But. <clears throat> and if you want, to, in a little bit, I will read a section from the letters in Paul to the Romans, what he, how he describes all of that.
1: A little bit though, about because I think it 's interesting, and it goes back to the to the beauty of god's original the creation and what he had in mind with the rainbow. If you understand what a rainbow actually is, when you look at one, it looks like it 's a physical object, but it 's not it 's an illusion
4: yeah you t- you try to go chase the rainbow, you know it's, right uh, you go to try and uh, get to the end of it, and there's always a pot of gold, the Irish say at the end of it, but it's not even an object it's an illusion really, what it is. And, and this is a little scientific, but I find it fascinating. I think other people will, too. It's an illusion seen at 42 degrees from a direction opposite of the light source. So, in other words, you've got water in the sky, you've got raindrops, and you've got light, because the rainbow's not going to be there if the sun's behind a cloud. So when the sun is there and you've got a light source and it's at your back and you're looking at the rain in front of you, it's at a 45-degree angle. Now, we know that light is all the different colors. And when you refract it or bend the light, then all those different colors come out. So what's really happening here is that the, the light enters the raindrops, and when it hits the back side of the raindrop, it reflects back at us and it reflect, it refracts it or breaks the light, so to speak, into its, its, its spectrum of light. So, in other words, the light is behind you, the raindrops are in front of you, the light is hitting the raindrop. When it hits the back side of the rain, it goes through the raindrop, hits the back side of the raindrop at 42 degrees if you're standing there, then that light refracts back. It's broken up into its colors, and you see the rainbow. So really, it's seven bands of color. Now, that's interesting because seven is the perfect number. It's the number of God. It's the seven days of the week, seven sacraments, seven archangels. Well, the number seven, when God makes an oath with us, he sevens himself. This is the perfect number. And so guess what? There are seven bands of color in the rainbow. Now, the, the LGBT flag only has six. Six is the number of man, of sin, of, 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 of incompleteness. So it's interesting that they only have six colors in there, but the colors that God gave us in the rainbow the human eye see seven bands of color. Seven is the perfect number, and that's what see, that we see with the human eye. But there are no really, there's no bands in there. It's something that we see with our human eye. It's kind of an illusion because if you see it in black and white, it's just a continuous grade. There's no there's no lines to it. There's no uh, like seven lines. It's just, it just goes from darker to lighter when it's seen in black and white. So it's really a, and sometimes there's a second rainbow at 52 degrees. Right. We see the one yeah. at 42 degrees. Sometimes it's, uh, and I've seen oftentimes I know you have too. That second rainbow. It's really quite beautiful. So mm-hmm. anyway, that it, that's the scientific. The light hits the back of the. The, of the raindrop reflects it refracts it back at us and it breaks it into the colors and that's what our eyes see. So yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's really amazing. Quite precise. Yeah, it is. It's, it's quite precise. Just precise. like getting into the next question, just like God's creation is so precise and it's pretty amazing when you break it all down, right? It is.
4: It's uh, everything in creation, and this. <clears throat> Christianity is what started modern science, because modern science started with the idea that we have a rational God who made a rational. In other words, he's an artist. He's a great scientist, and he had a formula that nobody could ever understand if they saw this formula, and boom, there was the world, and he made all of these things so precise with mathematics and biology and chemistry, all of these things that he made instantly out of nothing. And so when we as Rational creatures made in his image to also think and communicate and reason. We look at the universe. We say we're looking and thinking God's thoughts after him. In other words, God thought all of this and created it. Now, we're looking at it from the other side, and we're saying, oh, look what God did here. Look at the precision there. It, anybody that says that this all got here by chance or randomness, it, it takes far more faith to believe that, Teresa, than it does that an artist, a creator made all of this with a great precision. If you're just going to say that there was a big and in all matter and everything is eternal, and it's all by chance that this all happened and that we have beautiful creation that we can think and reason and make art like you and I, again, humans do, to say that that's all by chance, that it takes far more faith to believe in than it does that a reasonable God created all of this. That takes far less faith to believe in that. So when people say, you Christians, you're the faith people, everything is faith. Oh, no, 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 no. We... It's rational for us. What you believe that there's no God and yet you have all of this here by chance and randomness, that takes far more faith. You're the ones that take the leap of faith, not us. We have rational reason on our side.
1: I know there's a lot more that we could discuss, but we're almost out of time. But let me let me ask you this question as we close. So two questions, actually. Do you think we can ever reclaim the rainbow from where it came rightfully in terms of what we know about it from Scripture? And then how do we reach out to people with whom we disagree and, and we know what it means in terms of what it's doing to our culture and what's happening and the indoctrination of children and how far this wokeness has gone. How do we reach out in love to people during this month and, and at least to get them hopefully to have a conversation with us and and show them the truth of who they are made in the image and likeness of God?
4: Well, first, the first question is do you think we'll ever get back the true image of the rainbow? I think so because nature wins in the end. What's going on right now, the whole LGBT movement, it's never happened before in humankind, the way that this is being done. And in the end, nature wins. They don't, they cannot reproduce themselves. It's contrary to nature and nature's God. It's contrary to rational people. It just, it just is wrong. And so in the long run, things that are wrong, they, hopefully they fade away over time. It's a fad. And they fade over time and hopefully we will regain the beauty of the rainbow. Second of all, how do we deal with people that well, we just have to love them and be honest with them? I, one of the things that we as Christians and Catholics and rational conservative people have done is that we have clammed up and been silent and we've let them have all the voice. They let them. We, I think that the The pushback against Anheuser-Busch and Target and L.A. Dodgers, that has not happened before in the last few years. That pushback, I think, is finally people starting to speak up and say, no, we're not going to accept this perversion of sexuality and humankind anymore. God made us male and female. He made us to reproduce and to populate the world. He didn't make sex as a toy and a plaything for every kind of perversion and different way. you well, not only that,
1: but to push it, to push it in, in our faces without even—I yeah. mean, going against exactly. your own your own uh, customer base and ignoring the people who've been right. good supporters of your products for years and say you must accept this. I mean, I, I think right. this is a reminder to us that there are ways that we can we can push back uh, respectfully as Christians, and that's with our pocketbook. I mean, look at the impact that it's having financially yes, on target and still on Anheuser-Busch months after the whole debacle with yep. the uh, the social media influencer. Steve, we're out of can time. Thank you so have, much for joining us. So go more. ahead, finish. finish. You. Yeah? We need to do more. No. We need to love yeah.
4: people, but we need to be honest with them as well. If we aren't honest with them, we're not loving them.
1: Exactly, exactly. Steve, thanks so much. appreciate your honesty and the background on the rainbow. Of course, Steve Ray is a big part of our mission here at Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Very frequent guest on Catholic Answers Live, Catholic Connection, Crest in the Afternoon, and many other programs. You can find him online at CatholicConvert.com. All the great information about his books. And I'm sure, Steve, you'll have a blog up there on this as well. Are you going to be posting oh, yeah. something in case people want the information?
4: Yep, I I do. I have some stuff up on my website already about why Jesus didn't condemn homosexuality. Does that mean that Jesus approves of it because he never condemns it? No, that doesn't mean that for the blog. I'm explaining that.
1: Okay, good stuff. Thanks, Steve. Have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Steve Ray, CatholicConvert.com is the website. Stay tuned. June 16th, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and a happy early Father's Day to all the dads out there, the spiritual fathers, priests, bishops, deacons, cardinals, anyone who has a vocation as a father, and of course, all the dads out there, God bless you for the role in your children's lives, and for those of us who may have lost our fathers, may we continue to pray for them and remember the way they've impacted our life, and if maybe you didn't have a father in your life, pray for other fathers, and pray for your father as well. I have so many memories from my dad, and it's interesting. In the book, Everything's Coming Up, Rosie, I talk about the fact that I was really a daddy's girl, not so much a mama's girl, even though my mom and I were close. I was much closer to my father growing up. But I think that the Lord allowed me to get closer to my mother as I got older, and he allowed me and Dom to have the privilege of taking care of her in the end of her life because he wanted to work out some of those funny differences in our relationship. And I say in the introduction in the book that oftentimes, and... You heard the interview I did with Emilio Estevez a few weeks ago on the movie The Way when he was talking about his dad's role in that film. He was walking, of course, the way of St. James, and he really didn't like the people with whom he was walking, but that they were the ones that he got to know and that they really worked on him in terms of challenging him to grow in his own faith, and his own journey. And my mom and I loved each other very much, but, but we, had our, we had our times of, of real differences, and I mentioned this in the book. And I think it's important to realize that just because you may not get along beautifully or have a Hallmark-type relationship with either your father or your mother, it doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't have a good relationship. It just means that maybe you're there in each other's lives to help each other get to heaven and become better Christians and to love each other more and to learn how to love others more through those experiences. But, my dad had just had a big impact on me by the time I was even you know, just a baby, three, four, five years old, I was very close to him. And I can remember because I was born in Jersey City and we moved to Michigan when I was five, I was always we were always around water. Of course, being on the coast on the East coast and then coming here to southeastern Michigan, there's water everywhere. there's inland lakes, there's great lakes. It's just phenomenal. And so I always heard him talking about the ocean. In addition to living, along the coast he was a sailor for many years he was in the merchant marines and then he worked on the ss united states on the transatlantic crossings he was one of the top engineers on the ship and he never left that behind it was always a part of him and so through him and the stories of the ocean he used to talk about the power of god and being on this amazing ship which was made of all stainless steel and was you know state of the art you know during that time and is still considered one of the greatest ships that ever sailed uh, across the seas the, trans- the for the speed of the transatlantic crossings it's in Dry Dock, actually, in Philadelphia, and Dominic and I saw it back in January when we were going through Philly to see his family in Pennsylvania. But he imparted on me this, this power of God where he said, when you're standing on this magnificent creation, this ship, and you're looking out in the ocean, and you see just how small this ship, despite all of its modern advances and how fast it can sail and all of these different pieces of technology that have been included in this particular uh, ship, he said, you feel very, very small, and you realize the power of God and the beauty. And so he instilled that in me in an early age. He was also just over-the-top, kind and generous, he had a beautiful singing voice. And I know at Christmas time, if you listen to Catholic Connection, I always play a recording of him singing the famous song, Tosciende da stella You Descend From the Stars, which is a very classical Christmas carol. But he had a huge impact on my life, especially raising three daughters. He told us all, you need to get a good education. And so he encouraged us all to get a higher education. He said, if you want to get married and have kids, God bless you, that's great. But I want you to be able to take care of yourself. And I want you to have your own identity. And that stuck with me and that encouraged me to go into communications. And he was always extremely supportive. But he was also very loving. I can remember one of my most powerful memories of my father is I was in the 6th or 7th grade. And the pop artist Bobby Sherman... Those of you old enough to remember, Bobby Sherman, Julie, 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 do you love me, was coming to Detroit, the Detroit area. And I thought I was going to die. I had to go see him. He was coming to this local amusement park where they had like an arena where they used to hold concerts and whatnot. And it was in the middle of the summer. And none of my friends' fathers wanted to go and take a bunch of screamy girls in a car over to this park in the heat of summer. But my dad said, ah, come on, pile in the car, I'll take you. So we got our tickets and we went in, and all of a sudden we see the stage, right? And there's all these people at the stage already. And I said, "Daddy, Daddy, I have to get close. I don't want to miss Bobby Sherman." He said, "Okay, go ahead." So me and my friend stood there. I think there were three of us for hours and hours waiting for Bobby Sherman to come on stage. And I looked around and I saw my father just sitting under a tree, waving, you know, giving me a thumbs up. He went and got a hot dog and you know and some soda, but it was it had to be at least two or three hours. And then he took us around to the park after the concert. And my girlfriend said to me after that, wow, you have a really special dad. I asked my dad to do this for me, and he wouldn't do it. But my dad knew how important that was to me, and he took me to see that Bobby Sherman concert despite the heat, and he did it for his baby girl, and that's just a little thing that remains on my heart and in my mind. So I just want to encourage all the dads out there to take the time to do those things with your kids because it does leave a lasting impression. I found a couple of really uh, cool articles online about the importance of dads, and these aren't even quote-unquote religious, but they certainly reveal the natural law. Some key points to this article from Psychology Today from 2021, The Importance of Fathers for Child Development. Fathers play an important role in a child's development and can affect a child's social competence, performance in school, and emotion. Fathers can also affect a child's well-being indirectly. A supportive relationship between parents is linked to better self-regulation in a child. Countries such as Norway and Sweden attempt to engage fathers and mothers equally in caregiving by providing paternal as well as maternal leave. And then there was another article I came across talking about five important ways fathers impact their children and their child development. They increase intellect. An active father can help increase your child's emotional intelligence and problem-solving capabilities. Studies show that children with fathers who are actively involved throughout the first year of their child's life perform better on cognitive development assessments and demonstrate an increased capacity for curiosity and exploration. They boost confidence. Their emotional support provided by a father to his child is a priceless gift by helping kids understand how much they are valued and loved someone to look up to. Fathers provide a positive male role model for their children and help to promote and reinforce good behaviors. They provide a different perspective. Children are naturally full of questions and mothers and fathers approach those questions in different ways. Active parents with different approaches to parenting there's that natural law thing coming up again just saying can be a great way to expose children to a broad range of thinking and problem solving. And number five Feel the love. It's the most obvious thing to say, but that doesn't make it any less important. Having an active father makes a child feel loved. Having dad as a steady source of love and encouragement helps ensure that children grow up happy and healthy with high self esteem. So, again, this is just from a couple of different general websites out there. One was Psychology Today, another one was Child Crisis Arizona, looking at strong families and whatnot. So, not coming at this from a particularly religious perspective. Yesterday, Father Mitch Pacwa sat down with Vanessa Denhagarmo who filled in for me on Catholic Connection, and talked about the crisis of fatherhood in our country and in our world, actually, and why it's so important for you dads out there to really, really take this role even more seriously. Here's just a short clip from that interview.
5: It's truly a horrible situation. We have, at this point, a, a tremendous increase of, first of all, parents who don't marry. They have children, but they don't marry, and one of the other elements of that is they tend not to remain with their children. This is a huge crisis, So, and I think uh, by the way, just to give a uh, statistical background, that has increased from uh, the 1790s to 1950. Uh, the census shows that that was about 4%. Now it's over 50%. So mm-hmm. that's a huge increase in, in a fairly uh, sudden time. It didn't take long for that to be the case. So this is something that, um, as a culture, we have to address better. Um, Now, one of the problems has been the ideologies that make it seem as if marriage is not necessary. So there was a certain ideology of that back in the... Uh, 60s uh, the, the famous bumper sticker women need men like fish need a bicycle wow. and this was uh, it's, that's not true uh, in fact one of the realities is women are much safer when there is when they are living with the man to whom they are married Mm. That's reality, and the uh, so so that's one part of it. Secondly, yeah, they're more prosperous. You know, both the men and the women are more prosperous when they live together, and this requires a sense of fidelity. And of course, the most important fidelity is fidelity to God, and to become people who are characterized not by a pride that would look down on anyone but rather the the authentic humility of looking up to God with everybody else, all of us are looking up to God the way anybody would look up to the Rocky Mountains or the Alps or something bigger than themselves and look up in admiration so we look up to God together and realize our smallness and our dependence on him that he will be faithful to us, we need to be faithful to him and from that fidelity we, to God we can be faithful to our families next and then to our nation and other groups that we belong to. That is something that makes Fatherhood, being able to physically sire a child, is not particularly a um, thing that is all that uh, difficult. Um, some people want to speak about uh, that kind of uh, male ability. That's that's really not such a great accomplishment, where a man truly becomes manly, is when he looks to his, uh, a woman, one woman and says to her, I will be faithful to you for the rest of my life.
1: So again, a big thank you to all the dads out there, all the spiritual fathers and all the dads with children of their own. Thank you for all that you do to make a difference in the lives of your spiritual or biological children. We greatly appreciate you. A big early Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And thank you for all that you do. And especially thank you to God, our Heavenly Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father God and to all the dads out there as well. We'll be right back.
2: So much going on in the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. What do you need to know today? Stay tuned to Crest on the Afternoon and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio as we bring you the day's top stories and conversations from an authentic Catholic perspective. The 1973 Roe vs. Wade decision carried the tide of abortion across the United States. Although that decision was nullified by the recent Dobbs vs. Jackson, the abortion mentality has had 50 years to seep into American consciousness. Death has become part of the American habit. And because it is part of our habit, political response is no longer adequate. Our response must be direct and personal. For over 20 years, the Guadalupe workers have dedicated themselves to direct personal response to the crisis of abortion. Come visit our home on the southwest side of Detroit, Tuesday, June 27th at 5 o'clock. We will dedicate our new 4D ultrasound and introduce the community to the many ways in which we bring the gospel of life to the hundreds of mothers we reach and assist. Go to GuadalupeWorkers.org You're listening to Ave Maria Radio, now on the FM, 1079 in Ann Arbor and 105.5 in Western Wayne in Oakland County. Give it a listen.
1: My dad, sharp as a tack, but getting him out for a dentist trip got harder every year. When he moved to the senior residence where he lives now, Dr. Mansoor's portable dental service was a godsend. Dr. Mansoor comes to wherever the homebound patient may be, whether in a nursing facility or the comfort of home. All the services you'd expect in a dentist's office brought straight to the patient's door. Call 586-873-5567. That's 586-873-5567 or PortableDentalServices.com.
2: Attention married couples, if your marriage has gotten boring or tedious, Retrovi can help. If your marriage has problems or is in danger of separation or divorce, Retrovi can help. For 45 years, Retrovi has been quietly improving marriages behind the scenes. Retrovi has effective techniques that actually work. Invest in your marriage. Find the next program near you. Visit helpourmarriage.org. That's helpourmarriage.org.
1: I hope you know how much we appreciate your listenership here at the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network as well as the Ave Maria Radio Network. And we always say we are all about the resources. So just remember, anything you hear daily on this show, you can check out. You can go to, for example, the EWTM Religious Catalog through EWTM.com. You may also go to the Archive section of Catholic Connection at AveMariaRadio.net. And all the resources are there for you. This is also a great way, by the way, to witness. Sometimes if you're challenged by a friend or a loved one on a particular topic and you hear us talking about an issue right, that has come up, especially right over the holidays or a special occasion, you can go to or tell your friend or family member with whom you're discussing something to go to one of these sites and to listen to a program. Or you can send them to the link to the program and they could hear it for themselves. That's why we call Catholic Radio part of being a member of the shy evangelist family, right? Because we do the evangelization for you, and you can pass it on. We'll talk to you in the next edition of Catholic Connection. Thanks again for listening.
0: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's AveMariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.